the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. And now, here's the continuation from last week's program, part two of On the Road with Jesus. And, and not, not just once. Uh, this is one Muslim saved my life, but also when I was three and a half years old, um, I was uh, in, in Sudan where we were living. Uh, they storage water underground in a barrel, and there, sometimes they connect two barrels together, and that was like eight feet deep. And uh, I was I was able to sneak out of my grandma's house and uh, to the yard, and, and nobody was there. And I fall down in that. I was trying to wash, wash my hands, and I fall inside. Uh, but uh, last uh, second, uh, a Muslim man also, he was helping uh, at the house, and uh, he saw just a small part of my feet going under, uh, and he ran and rescued my life as well. And it's just awesome to see how God... Uh, Uh, used Muslims to save my life. So what I think you're telling me is that two different Muslims was able to save your life in two different situations, one through an abortion and one through drowning, and he rescued you out of this uh, big barrel that was underground. Okay, well, so because of that, that allowed you to have a love for Muslims? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, Absolutely. That's one uh, one of the reasons, but also to know that they are lost without salvation. They have no hope, and there's no promise of being in heaven in Islam. Uh, That's really what gave me heart for them. Uh, But I came to America in 1996, and uh, for around four or five years, I got so distracted with the lifestyle here to work longer hours, to get better pay, but also paying more bills. Uh, Not until um, in the year 2000. Um, During that time, God started directing me toward back to the ministry again, and. one of the things I was, at that time I was working in a market in Norwalk, California and uh, there's a, a man, a very poor man, I believe he was a homeless. He he started coming and asking for empty boxes and uh, I provide him boxes once a week from the store and, and uh, one day he came to share the gospel with me and uh, it was amazing, uh, especially later when he found out I'm a Christian he started talking to me, I started sharing about Sudan and what we've done in Sudan uh, he asked me to give him my write my name, my phone number the day off, uh, my day off. And he came a week later with a, a flyer with my name in it as a guest speaker to Downey Christian Businessman Meeting in Downey, California. And uh, and God, God absolutely can see now his hand, how he directed uh, everything because he invited quite few people that later on they were uh, God used to start the ministry. A uh, few weeks later after I spoke in that meeting, I was at uh, Arabic Shopping Center in Anaheim, the area where it called being 
called uh, Little Arabia. Gaza. Gaza. Some people call it that, yeah. And I looked across the street and I saw a big empty lot, empty land, and I saw a vision of a big tent and Muslims coming to hear the, about Jesus. Immediately, I run across the street and I ask who's the owner. They say the doctor next door, the clinic. I went to the clinic. I talked to, I get to talk to him. When he found out I'm a Christian, he found out, uh, he told me that he's a Christian as well and he agreed to allow me to use the land free of charge, uh, but he also offered to rent me a, a location as a Arabic Christian bookstore. And uh, we started the bookstore and uh, it's called Arabic Christian Education Center at that time. And, uh, and it's amazing uh, when I have that sign in the top of the store got used to bring Muslims to hear the gospel, even all the way to me, and also to draw people like you or those that told you about us to come and to know more. And, and, and it's it just the whole entire thing. It was absolutely uh, miraculously done by God because to put everyone in my way, I, I did not know any of these people uh, just two months or three months before. Those that got used to help me to start the ministry, those that got brought to be part of the team to reach out to Muslims. That's an awesome story. Now, um, that at that time, then you felt the recalling of uh, into the ministry by God, yeah. so that you were in ministry. You knew there was calling on your life. You did ministry in Sudan. You come here. You get all kind of slowed down by the worldly stuff, just keeping yourself alive. But you had to learn the language too, didn't you, George? The Arabic? No, no, yeah. English. English, when you came yes. Here. Yeah, absolutely. I, and so that was, was a little bit too. of a challenge. I, I, and I believe that was part of God's plan as well, to give me that time to learn the language. To learn the language, yeah. Uh, but, but Rory, what a timing. Just this has happened. Like when I have that store open and running, it was right before September 11th. Exactly. And automatically, right away, we were ready for a weekly outreach to the mosques. Right. And it was just a perfect time. Do you know, I, I'll just tell you this really quick story before I continue with that. But the first, um, the first outreach that you had was to the Cyprus Mosque and I had been already doing work with the people in um, Pakistan for at least I'm going to say six months prior on the phone or on conference calling and I was getting ready to you know take off to Pakistan and the second person I handed a Jesus film to um, I still remember his name but I won't say it here in case you know I don't want him to get in trouble was from Pakistan and when he told me he did not want my Jesus film I recognized his accent since I'd been talking to people for so long on the phone because of the business that I was in at the time to people in Pakistan. As he was about 10 feet away, I said, by the way, where are you from? Are you from Pakistan? I recognize that accent. And he turned around and he said, why do you ask? And I said, I'm doing work with people in Pakistan. And as I started to talk about the people that I knew in Pakistan, he started to get closer and closer to me. Long story short, he promised that that night when he said his evening prayer, he would ask the Lord to give him a vision as to who he really was. Was he Allah of the Quran? Was he Jesus? And I truly believe in my heart um, that the work that he begun in this man's life on that day, that God is faithful to complete it. So I was sold out and I don't believe I missed going to the mosque with you for, I don't know, I want to say at least 10, maybe 15 years. But anyhow, it was challenging, but a beautiful time. I'd like for you to talk about um, the early days of handing out tracts um, and Bibles um, and all these things that I have here. I'd like for you to talk about some of the memorable 
instances where people have accepted Christ with you. Um, because, you know, you can talk about handing things out and not, and, you know, we're there to just cast out seeds as far as we can throw it, right? Yes. But, you know, the fruit, was there fruit? Yeah. Could you talk about the fruit, like the people accepting Jesus sure. as their Savior? Absolutely. Um, just, I want to let you, uh, you know that uh, working among Muslims is really hard. They've been taught all their lives that the only sin, unforgivable sin, is to believe in Jesus as God. Yes. Because they believe in something called shirk. Shirk is to have a partner with God. By us saying that the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, even though we believe they are one God, mm-hmm. they, they hear it as we saying that we believe in three different gods, especially because that's how the Quran presented that we believe in three gods. And, right. and the Quran did not present the God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The, God, the Quran accusing Christians uh, believing that in Father, Mother, and Son. But that's an their mind and making it so hard to so they're they're thinking that we worship mary as the mother of jesus as, part of as the one triune, of the god uh, one uh, of the, the triune, triune god, god. Yeah. so father son and, and, mother. and mother yeah and and father would be joseph no they believe that father is god and have sex with mary then we have jesus that's okay. th- that's not what islam teaches that they believe in that's what they accusing christians believing in this okay. kind of trinity that's not the trinity we believe in right uh but um that that's, goes into the apologetic side, and I would love to speak one day about things like that. But right now, why I'm saying this, it's for us asking Muslims to come to Christ, we're asking them to take the risk of committing the unforgivable sin in Islam. Right. That's why it makes it very slow. But praise God, the, sh- the burden is not in our shoulders. Right. Jesus took care of it on the cross. It's for us just to point to Jesus. Yes, there are some individuals came to know Christ through the ministry, but I cannot claim that we planted the seed. I believe the seed is being planted years prior. It take between two years to eight years to see Muslims coming to Christ as a Lord, right. to accept him as a Lord, the Savior for their lives. But some of the stories that I can never forget, um, one day, I, I believe you were with us at that mosque outreaching in one of the mosques in Orange County, California. And uh, half an hour after we left the mosque and I was in my office, I received a phone call. And I remember talking to this Muslim man. He said, I just received the gospel package from you. Can I meet you? And I was trying to to arrange a meeting somewhere else, but he was really urgently, I can sense that he really wanted to talk right away. And, and I, I, I felt like it was risky, but you know what? I did give him my office address and he came to the office uh, and we had a wonderful time. And he told me a story that I can never forget. And, and, and please take advantage of this story to learn one good thing. One very important thing is to pray against fear. Because this man, he received the Bible 10 years prior. He started reading the Bible the New Testament and he just so became so hungry to the word of God and he couldn't stop. He he starts searching how to pray as a Christian. He started reading more and more. He could not stop. But his wife discovered the Bible, took it to her father, which was he was an imam, and he they told him that you can never touch a Bible again or we will take your wife and your kids from but while he was reading he found how to pray. He he saw the Lord's prayer. He memorized that before they took the Bible from him. So he memorized the Lord's Prayer. Yes. I remember this story. Um, as a matter of fact, Mark came from home at, to the office too to, to hear this testimony, this testimony. And we were in the other office praying at your office. But go ahead. Yeah. And what, what he told me, George, for the last 10 years, 
when I go to the mosque, when I'm bowing down, I pray the Lord prayer. When I'm standing up, I pray the Lord prayer. That's all I do all in all my prayers during the last 10 years. But he started crying and he said, George, every time, time I take a shower, I say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and his desire to be baptized. So he was baptizing himself every time he took a shower because he read about John the Baptist in, in, in the Bible. Such a, such a moving story. Um, go ahead and finish, George. Yeah, but um, there, there was a lot of fear. He, was, he asked me, do I have to tell people I'm a Christian? And uh, I asked him if he has time to watch a testimony, and we turn on a testimony of uh, Sadiq Abdel Masih. He's a former Muslim from Egypt. He suffered for Christ. And after he watched the video, he told me, George, if he was willing to say that he's Christian in Egypt, I should be able to say I'm a Christian in America. Uh, but there's fear. There's a lot of fear. Yes. And that's why, please yes. pray that God will help Muslims that seeking the Lord to overcome fear and to be free from Islam. But also pray that God will overcome the fear in the Christians, that Christians will be able to overcome fear and to reach out to Muslims with the love of Christ. Yes. Muslims need to hear the gospel message. Yes. Um, this is one of the stories, but I, I remember also one time I was in your living room. I was laying down in the ground and uh, and my phone rang and I took the phone and uh, around eight, nine o'clock at night and um, a young kid, he said, is this George? And I say, yes. And he hung up. I made the phone call back and the mother picked up the phone and she was pleading to me, please don't try to call us again. I thought, but someone just called me. Yes. And she said, myself and my son, we were at the mosque today and we received a gospel package from you. We watched the movie together, the Jesus story, and my son insisting to have a Bible. But if my husband found out, we will be in trouble. Mm -hmm. And I just was so heartbroken for this kid and my prayer for all these years that he may somehow read the Bible online or someone told him about Jesus more. That uh, Praise God that our God is an amazing God. There is no borders, no rules, no, nothing will prevent him from reaching to the people that seek him. And I, I pray, I pray still for that young kid that he is most likely now 20-something years old. And, and actually, George, we can really stand on that scripture that the work that he's begun in all of us, Amen. that he's the one that's going to be faithful to complete it. Absolutely. Not our job. And and the Bible talks about, you know, one is going to sow seeds, one is going to water, and it's it's God's job, you know, to call us to harvest, right? Absolutely. But it, it, God does the rest. So I, I, I have to, I have to just lean on that promise, I mean. because as you know, hundreds, if not tens of thousands of Bibles and tracts and and things like this that I brought today um, got into the hands of Muslims. Yes. And um, I do remember us going to your, the first Arabic fair in, um, in Seattle, Michigan, Michigan, Dearborn, Michigan. So, George, tell us about that, um, why you felt the need to not just, I mean, we were going to every single mosque we could go to, from here up as far north as we could go, 
as far south as we could go over the border, you know, of, you know, of California. So now you're, you're, you're feeling the need to go to Michigan. Tell us about that. Yeah, in 2003, I started uh, recognizing that there's Muslims all over America. Mm-hmm. And we are just one group in one place, one state, one county at that time. And I, I prayed, Lord, give me the opportunity to go to reach out, to train people wherever we go to reach out to the Muslims in their area. And in 2004, I found out about uh, Dearborn, Michigan Arabic Festival. Uh, I heard that over 50,000 people comes to it. And uh, I, I remember calling uh, Campus Crusade and asking for 2,000 Jesus DVDs. I did not have the money. I told them, can I give you a check? And I have no money in the bank. As a deposit, they say, okay, we'll take it. And we went there. The 2,000 DVDs from the first two hours, they were gone. Yes. And I just stood there and crying as these people were so open to take the gospel material. They were absolutely open. I remember also in 2006, uh, one of the Muslims saw my friend Deborah wearing a cross, and just her, she just fo- fixed her eyes toward that cross, and she started walking toward her. She came to her, and she reaching to the cross, and she wanted to talk, but she could not communicate with her in English, and she invited her daughter to, to, to translate, and she said her job in Yemen was to break rocks and to get a smaller rock out of the big rock and to polish it and to use it for jewelry. But 10 years prior, 1996, she broke a rock, and the rock inside looked like a hill with a crack looked like a cross on it. Wow. She insisted that Deborah would meet her in the same spot the next day. She brought the rock with her. When Deborah saw the rock, Deborah started crying. Mm-hmm. The Muslim curiously wanted to know why you are crying, mm-hmm. why you are crying. She said, Jesus did not find someone in Yemen to tell you about him. He led the rocks to cry out to you. Jesus told wow. if his people stop crying out, the rocks will cry out. Exactly. And he led the rock to cry out to you. That lady, she recognized there's something special about that rock and she kept it for 10 years, but she did not know what it was. But that wow. day she get to hear the gospel message. What yes. an awesome thing. God is able Yes, to use is. rocks, but he's willing to use you and me. Would you reach out to your Muslim neighbors, your Muslim friends, the people that we're ignoring for years? Can we reach out to them with the gospel message? Wow. Awesome story. Um, now, I, I also wanted to talk about um, some of the things that you currently are doing in your ministry, um, training, um, some of the training that you're doing, um, either online or at, in your building. Um, as a matter of fact, just this past Sunday, I w- or Sunday before, or Saturday before, uh, you were having a big meeting um, at, um, I think it was Calvary Chapel, Anaheim. And um, so you're constantly teaching and training people. Tell me about that. Yeah, um, we, we do weekly outreach to the mosques. Mm-hmm. We stand outside the mosque, which you know about it. Yes. You've been part of it for years. Uh, and it's amazing. You are in the public sidewalk. You have all the rights to be there. And you're simply offering gospel material. Uh, things change with the coronavirus. Uh, we're doing things differently now. We designed special Bible uh, science. And now uh, when we, we have one passage or two passages in the front, we know exactly what Muslims going to say about these two passages. For example, uh, they point uh, when we have a, one of the sciences says uh, 
there's no greater love than this for someone to lay down his life for his uh, friends. And we have a big cross in it. We know exactly they're going to come and say, Jesus was never crucified. Jesus was never crucified. We turn it around and we are ready to respond from the Quran, from the Hadith, to show that Jesus was crucified. But also, we go further to show from the Quran that the idea that God took Jesus and put someone else on the cross. Mm-hmm. If the crucifixion is lie, who invented that lie? Mm-hmm. Before we show them the second side, when we ask them, is the crucifixion a lie? They would say, absolutely, it's a lie. We ask them, who invented this lie? They always say Satan. When we turn it around, the Hadith and the Quran tell us Allah is the one who took Jesus and put someone else on the cross. Right. Uh, it's very challenging. We need to challenge them, but we need to make sure to recognize that it's not our own strength. It's not our own power. It's not by how wise we are or our words. It's the work of the Holy Spirit changes lives. Is for us to speak the truth, to be ready to give an answer, as First Peter 3.15 says, that we need to be ready to give an answer. And that's why we need to equip the body of Christ. We offer weekly uh, training, usually at Calvary Chapel Anaheim, but we also have it available online. We are limiting very small number of people to be able to be at uh, the location, but it's open all across America, 5 p.m., Every Sunday night, uh, people can join us and be live uh, with so us. So is it like through Zoom? Um, similar to Zoom. Similar to Zoom. Yeah, it's okay. called Ring Central. But everything is in our website, the information. We have we, uh, we have annual outreaches. We have annual conferences like our Strong Tower where we bring great, great speakers. Uh, this year is supposed to be one of our biggest conferences going to be, and we were planning to open it even for Muslims to come. But uh, what happened uh, with the corona, we have to delay it to next year. But we will be doing an event uh, at that. But one opportunity I want to challenge all of you very soon, which is in a couple days, this coming Thursday and Friday, is Al-Adha holiday, the sacrifice holiday. What's uh, it called, George? Al-Adha holiday, the sacrifice holiday. Uh, this Muslims remembering the story of Abraham and his son, how God asked him to sacrifice his son. We don't focus in Isaac or Ishmael. We don't waste our time arguing in that. Let's agree he's the son of Abraham. Let's focus in the ram or the lamb or the sacrifice that God provided. They believe that God provided the sacrifice. And we go from there to point that Jesus is the greatest sacrifice. Jesus came to die for us. We use John's words. This is the lamb of God coming to take the, I don't know how exactly the words goes, but uh, to take coming his reason coming here, the lamb of God that takes the sins of the world. And uh, uh, in two days, you can have that. You may not have enough chance if you are in Orange County, California, or anywhere in Southern California. I'd be more than happy to meet you and give you gospel material to give out to your Muslim friends at work, wherever you go. Uh, but if not, please go online, print the Sermon in the Mount in the language of your friend. You can easily find that today. If you want to call me to confirm the translation is accurate, because there's, there are some translations are not accurate and I don't like to use, I'll be more than happy. But there's nothing more powerful than Jesus's words. I seen a Muslim at one of our outreaches. He called me a few weeks later, crying tears. When he read the Sermon on the Mount, he said, now finally I can forgive my ex-wife. Now finally I can love my enemy. Now this, that, now that. He just couldn't believe it when he was reading Jesus' words. There's nothing more powerful than that. I encourage you, print that Sermon on the Mount in the language of your friend. Make sure it's the accurate translation. And just wrap it with a chocolate or with something as a gift for them for their holiday. It's an amazing opportunity. This coming Thursday evening and Friday all day, they're going to be 
be celebrating this holiday. Wow, George, that's awesome. So now tell me again what the name of the holiday is. Al-Adha holiday, the sacrifice and holiday. And so they can look that up yeah. on, on the internet yeah. and figure that out. Yeah. So we're going to pray for you, George. Father, Mark, would you come over here and just lay hands on George, please? I know that you're not really wanting. Anyway, Father, I just want to lift up my brother George to you. Father, you know that he's more than George to us, Lord. He's part of our family. So, Father, we pray for your protection for him and his wife and his children. Father, and all the workers that you have called to this ministry, Lord, yes. far and wide. Father, I pray for the protection of the lives of these people from the wiles of the enemy, Lord, that no weapon formed against them prosper. Yes. Father, thank you that you have called him to this hard work of ministering to the people that you love, the Muslims. And Father, we lift up George that you would continue to anoint him and use him in a mighty way. And Father, that you would tell him to go to the left and to the right, just like in Isaiah 30, Lord, and that he would hear your voice clearly as to where to go and what to do. So Father, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thank you people for watching our show. As you know, you can see me here every Wednesday from 11 to 12, and it's called On the Road with Jesus. We appreciate your um, viewership, and we will see you next week in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com, spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus. Hosted by Rody Fisher. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.